0: Welcome to Context with Advanced Design. Context is a podcast where laid-back conversations on design, life, and everything in between happen. In this show, we interview experts in our field, but also students, educators, and anyone who's a part of the industrial design family. Thank you for tuning in. For today's episode, we welcome Samantha Smizer DeLeon, a color designer at Nike in in the women's footwear based out of Portland, Oregon. Samantha Thank you so much for joining us. A little bit about Sam is uh, she is also based out of Chicago, Humboldt Park, to be specific. Uh, She received her bachelor's of arts degree from Columbia College and has a minor in arts business, but now is a color designer at Nike. Welcome, Sam. Thank you so much for being here with us.
1: Oh, thanks. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on.
0: Yeah. So, um, I have so many questions to ask you, um, just because I've been following you online, which is kind of what triggered us to reach out to you and be like, we have to interview this person. Um, you know, your kind of journey is, is very inspiring and we wanted to ask you, you know, uh, looking on your website, you kind of call yourself a multidisciplinary artist and, um, kind of I want to kick things off there um, and kind of go back a little bit to kind of your upbringing and how you got involved into art and uh, as someone who is also from Chicago uh, you're in Humboldt Park north side I'm in the south side I was born and raised like in Pilsen and you know kind of back of the yards area and um I can tell you that art is also extremely um you know, uh, not accessible as, as I wish it was. Not everyone has the, um, you know, the privilege to be a part of it. So we'd love to hear on how you even got started and and how you got interested in art.
1: Totally. Um, yeah, it, it is, it is a privilege, um, especially, yeah, coming from, from the communities that we do, um, you know, uh, specifically, like, Latinx communities um, where, like, creative careers are are not something, like, I guess, like, uh, that's thought of as viable or sustainable. Um, Yeah, how did I get started? Um, I was always into, like, creative things as a kid, I would say. Like, I wrote a lot of... uh, I, I used to write a lot of, like, poetry and... Um, my mom, she actually worked for Polaroid when I was growing up, um, so she always had like cameras and things like that around. Wow. Um, yeah, it was it was really cool. Um, but I wouldn't say that I was like always identified as as an artist or or as a creative. I got into it um, more towards the end of high school, and I would definitely attribute that to. Free art programming in Chicago that I was like super lucky to have found and been able to access. Um, I talk about these programs all the time because I really like attribute them uh, to like who I am today. Uh, I went to uh, actually Yolo Kali. I don't know if you're familiar with it. It's of
0: course to yeah. Yeah.
1: It was based in Pilsen. It's I think it's in a little village now, but yeah, it's run through the the Mexican Museum of National Art. Um yeah, I went to Yolo Ali and like took classes there and I competed in um Louder Than a Bomb with them. You know, do mm-hmm. you are you familiar? Louder Than a Bomb. Mm-hmm. It's a sort of yep. like the largest youth poetry competition. Um. Yeah, Yolo Gali was amazing. I also went to Marwin. I don't know if you're familiar with Marwin. Of
0: course, yeah.
1: And uh, yeah, like YCA and just like wow. having those like, um. Yeah, free creative programming and like the com- seeing like the community around them at uh, a pretty early age um, was really yeah inspiring and eye opening. And those programs led me to want to go to college for art. I went to yeah, I went to Columbia. I majored in in fine art. I finished, which I think is kind of rare, especially for Columbia. Like, a lot of people go and, like, get their skills and get out, which is cool, too. That's totally yeah. cool. It's really expensive, it's super yep. expensive. I had to, like, work, like, two or three full-time jobs while I was in school full-time to just even try to pay my tuition. But, yeah, yeah, I am in school for fine art, and... I didn't really know uh, where exactly it was going to take me. And even then, I was not sure if I was going to be able to support myself as an artist. And, um, yeah, I finished school and and I was working in like a cubicle for the state of Illinois uh, in a statistics department. And, yeah, I quit my job. My family didn't want me to quit
0: because
1: I had like a salary or whatever. It's a
0: comfortable job.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And my, my mom worked in like state, state Mm -hmm. government and things like that as well. And like, yeah, I think, you know, they could say like, there's all these benefits and things like that. But (laughs) I was like, I was, I was so young and I just went to, I just got a degree in fine art and it was like, I have to try to do something with it. At least I can't just sit in this. Yeah. This like square eight hours a day of my life. Um so much time.
0: Yeah, was this at the Thompson Center?
1: It wasn't. It was actually. I was nearby. It was on. It was a okay. building on on State Street. Actually, um, it's, it shares. It's in like the same building as an as Art Institute. Like has like space in the building. Oh, gotcha. As well. Okay. It's like on State Street. Um, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. No shade to people that like work those jobs. <sighs> you know, I right. can see. Yeah. I can see that. Um, being being a good you know good,
0: no, I good feel for you. other
1: people. But
0: yeah. Um when I graduated after I graduated undergrad, I spent three years working for an architect who would send me to City Hall. Um and I had to deal with building permits and had to mm-hmm. really figure out the system of how the city works. And I was just like, okay, I guess I gotta do this. I guess this is I mean, I'm working with an architect, which is the closest thing to the creative field. So I, I mm-hmm. just kind of like, this is just temporary, but I feel you. I know exactly what you mean.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I quit my job and I, um, I, I actually interned at the MCA for six months, mm. the Museum of Contemporary at Chicago. Yep. And then, and from, from there I got, um, selected to be in, uh, Nike lab program, uh, it's, like, right. it's cr- crazy to say they, that Virgil Abloh hand-selected 10 young artists uh, to be a part of this program, and I was one of them. Um, super unique experience that I'm very grateful for, especially now. And I think that that was, uh, yeah, a really big like turning point in, in my career as well. And from then, I was kind of just freelancing, doing um, a lot of music industry-adjacent, ad- work uh building like sets for music videos or uh concerts, things like that. And yeah. Uh sorry, am I like just please stop me from going on the tangent or anything like <laughs> no, that? No, no, it's
0: okay. I do want to dive into the Nike Lab because um mm-hmm. uh I remember when they opened it to the public um the first day I was there, like I was in line. There was mm. a real long line to get in. Mm-hmm. I was there. I actually saw you.
1: Oh my You were there,
0: and other people were there. Yeah. This other guy that I met, Larry. I'm sure you know who Larry, Larry is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's so everywhere. My best um, and so, and then I met this other educator who works at. I think he's a high school teacher. Gabe Mejia. Gabe, yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So, um. Let's talk about Nike Lab. Nike Lab, for those who don't know, unfortunately, no longer exists. Um, I wish it was still, like, you know, on Michigan Avenue so that people can can go. But it is a uh, recreation center that was uh, started um, by Virgil Abloh. Obviously, we all know who Virgil is. Um, and... Uh, in addition to like free public creative workshops, it's also a space. It's like a recycling kind of initiative, right? Um, it's kind of cool. They have a lot of like uh, really like reuse the shoe, this like sneaker recycling initiative. Um, it had a, an eight week mentorship program. And um, I want to know how Virgil selected like out of, thousands of high school like how your name was even like how well, like what is that process because i I, obviously i follow Virgil, i follow nike and and then after that i started making connecting all these dots started following you and a bunch of other people involved (laughs) and started to see like i think on the on the kickoff like common was there travis scott was there and i was just like watching this from my phone being like oh my god how did this happen so how did like this whole selection process happen how'd you even find out
1: Mm -hmm. yeah um we didn't apply um it wasn't it it was not an application process um it was yeah it was really interesting actually um because they just like contacted me and said hey do you want to like to this program with Nike this summer, they, like, didn't say too much about it, and they they didn't tell me at first that Virgil Abloh was even involved. They were just like, hey, would you be interested in, in doing this thing? And I was kind of just like, Nike, like, cool, yeah, why not? Yeah. Um, and, yeah, like, when we got there, one of our first, like, kind of, like, orientation kind of days, uh, they were like, you have been selected. Um, and I was like, <laughs> what is going on? Um, yeah, what I heard is that there was people behind the scenes uh, that identified about 50 young artists in Chicago and that from those 50 virtual so- selected us 10. That's, wow. that's how I heard that it happened. Um, I don't super know like what criteria they were going off of, if they were just going like off of our Instagrams or something like that. Um, but yeah, um, it, it was, yeah, it was a really amazing experience. They gave us, um, mentors from different industries, uh, like No Pattern, uh, Chuck Anderson, Paul Octavius. Um, yeah, there was, we had um, Norman Kelly, there's future firm uh, architects, you know, photographers, graphic designers, um, all, all different. And that was, yeah, really dope to see um, creatives who were you know being successful in their in their industries and they gave us workshops they took us like to their studios and things like that and at the end of the program we had like a final like each of us did a, a final installation it was like a exhibit in the nike lab and Virgil Abloh came to see our final projects and gave us feedback which is crazy uh i don't know how many people can say that
0: yeah yeah that's i mean that's that's amazing uh you know, um, it's kind of cool that they didn't tell you upfront what it was. I think mm-hmm. that's a really good way to humble you, right? Like, um, and then once you figured out, wow, this is like huge and Virgil's involved and all these other amazing designers are involved. What, how much did this mean to you to be involved in something like this? You know, you spoke about being a part of Yolokali, being a part of um, Marwin and all these other Chicago, you know, organizations that, that mm-hmm. give out free art courses and now Mm -hmm. you're part of this opportunity. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, this path, it's like, it's pretty amazing. Like what was it, what does this mean to you?
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it meant a lot to me. I actually, um, yeah, it meant, it meant a lot, especially that Virgil was involved in, and you know, his roots in Chicago and I had uh, been following his work for so long. So it was super validating at the kind of like, beginning of my creative career to have people see me and believe in me and want to help me and give me resources. Um, Yeah, it was extremely validating, encouraging and important that people took the time to create a space and try to give young people, um, yeah, access and and real resources. Um, so it, it meant a lot. Um, I think that that is really important.
0: Um, that's that's fantastic to hear. On November twenty eighth, Virgil left us, right, mm-hmm. and it, it shocked the world because obviously he was a very private person. And um, you wrote an article or mm-hmm. kind of told your story, which I read over and over again, and it's very inspiring mm-hmm. and touching. It's called. It's titled "What Virtual Ablo Meant to Me." Mm-hmm. Um, would love to hear. For those who are listening, I'm, I'm going to link this article into the the um, bio below so that you can check it out. But if you can give us a quick kind of rundown, uh, the title is called "What Virtual Ablo Meant to Me." If mm-hmm. you can answer that as a question, maybe like in a couple of sentences.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's like, a, it, it's, a, it's a big question. And, you know, he had such a huge impact and, and presence um, on the yeah, world of fashion and the worlds of, of, of design and, and really beyond that. But yeah, I talked a, a little bit in the article about how, how like his presence in these spaces, you know, becoming the head of menswear for Louis Vuitton and all of the collaborations and like, things that he touched um, really like broke so many barriers. Um, and it was just like an inspiration as to, yeah, how there are like no limits and how people who have traditionally been left out a lot of those spaces like to deserve to be there and can be there you know it's like maybe I, you know I can do it too kind of thing um yeah I, uh I think that yeah whenever he 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 was winning I felt like Chicago thought that that we were winning too and um Man, the amount of work that he produced, like in the past few years, is just crazy. Um, the amount of, of design and contributions that he left to the world uh, will definitely be uh, forever lasting. Yeah.
0: yeah. it's it's amazing what we don't know about people. Mm-hmm. You know what what they're going through on a personal level, um, and it's just amazing. Like you said, he left, it, it, like he did. 20 years of work in like a short amount of time mm-hmm. um do you know on top of that he had the exhibition at the mca he had another yes. exhibition in boston and and then his full-time job at louis vuitton and, and he mm-hmm. was just like larger Collaborating than life
1: with <laughs> and like yeah. everyone else
0: he was everywhere he was like um uh, he was just a huge disruptor of industries oh, yeah.
1: Definitely. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I even say in the article, it's like, it's, it's difficult because I, I don't want to like even like over, like overstep because like, I, I know a lot of people that were very close to him. And yeah. I don't want to seem like, you know, like we were best friends or something like that. But I can definitely speak to my experience and the direct impact that he's had on my life and my career. Uh, you know, I think that that, that program uh, you know, what indirectly or not uh, ultimately led to my current Mm -hmm. position, uh, indirectly, you know, like it was space in between, but like that, like kind of jumping off point and what I was able to do after that. um, yeah, definitely had a big positive impact in my life. So I'm very grateful.
0: Absolutely. Um, yeah. Uh, let's kind of dive into a couple of other areas, you know, as, um, I follow you on Instagram. Um, not only are you this multidisciplinary artist and designer and, and have kind of uh, experimenting your, your curiosity taking you everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's extremely <laughs> inspiring. Like I said, you had the opportunity to, to kind of get mentored and, and met Virgil Abloh. You got to meet AOC Right, oh, like, yeah, it's like freaking awesome, right? She's like a freaking hero, especially right now, as we speak with all this like craziness that's happening. I love her. Um, <laughs> most recently, you know, last year, you taught yourself how to 3D render, which is sure. like I can tell you that's like one of the things that you know I can teach myself how to ride a bike because that looks cool no one wants to sit in front of the computer and teach himself with software. Cause it's like, it's a lot. <laughs> um, I like Quint. Like
1: I had like a slightly manic episode. I think I was like crying. <laughs> <exactly>. <laughs>
0: yeah. So you're a self-starter. You're a go-getter. Um, where does that come from? It's
1: a good man. That's a really good question. <laughs> <laughs> where does it come from? Um, it's a combination of things for sure. Um, I mean, I, I think that I'm very fortunate to come from, from a a good family that, um, for the most part is really supportive. And I think that, um, I was fortunate to have a lot of very, very strong, positive female role models, um, in my family, my like, yeah, my mom and my aunt and my grandma, like they're all like very tough, like, uh, bad bitches. Like they don't take anything from, from (laughs) anyone. Um, and yeah, I think that like a a lot I can attribute to that. Um, you know, them really putting, putting things on, on their back and, um, you know, getting things done and, and making, uh, strides for themselves and, and their community. Um, my, yeah, my family has always been very like community oriented and, um, my, yeah, my grandfather, was among the first Puerto Rican business owners in in Chicago. He owned a business in, in Humble Park for almost 40 years before uh, pa- passing away. But um, yeah, with that business, they always were very philanthropic and, you know, uh, always did what they could to support the community. I, I would say maybe that's like my inspiration. And even with the podcast, I do a podcast myself with my twin sister that it's called Systematic Podcast. Um, that is, you know, our goal is to uplift women's voices and stories that might not otherwise be heard so i think that that's big inspiration for me also also i have like high function. we're just we're very high functioning anxiety and some people that can be really debilitating but for me it's like i need to be doing something all the yeah. time yeah. All um right. so yeah. there's that
0: <laughs> nice that's good yeah you're not stagnant you're not you're always like you know fireworks going off I try. <laughs> yeah so actually uh you just mentioned it in tandem with your design work you host a podcast uh which with your twin sister yes. which is something like that is like really cool because like now there's two of you <laughs> like
1: <laughs> there's two of us um, um, yeah so,
0: yeah, so i'd love to hear about you know one what is, what is the podcast about you just mentioned mm-hmm. it a little bit mm-hmm. um you've had these great guest on there and again i'm gonna link that podcast to the you know the the bio when we publish this podcast um because you know i love the name of it systematic podcast and right now in the age that we live with everything that's going on um these these conversations this discourse matters more than ever for us Mm -hmm. to understand um you know, what's happening in our life and around us and why we need to have empathy. Um, and, and why we need to, um, you know, help each other and build community. And, uh, and then so I want to talk about that podcast a little bit Mm -hmm. and then I also want to talk about your twin sister, right? So you as a creative, you have your twin sister. Um, is she the same? Is she also in the creative field? Do you kind of, uh, you know, um, kind of energize each other to like, you know, let's go
1: yeah, take out the yeah. world. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. That's definitely like, yeah, my partner in crime. We're best friends. We we live together right now. Um in Chicago. We we still live in Humble Park, born and raised. She um we have a lot of similarities for sure and a lot of um interests that overlap but um definitely different um yeah she's she's not a creative necessarily she definitely is creative but uh she just finished her master's degree at u chicago um, with a a a master's in public policy she's currently works for like a state representative's office she's director of communications and she also is working on a campaign to elect a Puerto Rican woman to uh, the state Senate. So she, yeah, it's awesome. She's really busy. Yeah. She, but yeah, she's uh, very involved in, in, yeah, politics, social justice, um, community organizing. And that with that, like context, her being involved in politics and me being involved in like, you know, um, art and fashion, we came together to create this podcast systematic that is about politics and pop culture with a focus on women of color and yeah, like I said, uplifting um, voices and stories that might not otherwise be heard. We, nope. we started it because we felt like there was really a gap in media, especially local media where, you know, we didn't feel represented and didn't feel like, um, yeah, the stories of our community were being heard. And there's so many like amazing women and, um, you know, queer, queer folk in, in Chicago that are really doing a lot to, to create change and, and push, um, barriers. Um, so, so we just wanted to document that and yeah, it's been amazing. We, we are funded. Um, we got funded last year. Um, so that's incredible. Um, to then very yeah, helpful. You won this
0: really, you won this grant, right? This award mm-hmm. that allowed you to, I mean, that's amazing. You should be like, uh, shouting like oh, we got funded cause that's really hard to do.
1: Yeah. It was incredible. Um, yeah. yeah. Shout out the field foundation. They fund nice. us, um, they reached out to us and encouraged us to apply. Uh, I don't know if we would have otherwise. It, it wasn't like we were like, Hey, let's apply for grants. Um, they, but they, they found us and, and encouraged us to apply and the, it's a media and storytelling grant. Um, And it's yeah, it's really important the the work that they're doing to to invest in in people who are trying to tell these stories. We're working on getting funding for twenty two right now, so hopefully that comes through. Um, But yeah, it just you know it started as as a passion project, and and I'm um, really happy with you know uh, what we've the stories we've been able to tell. You know everything from like um, yeah, artists and creatives on the show, um, comedians, musicians to Um, you know, domestic violence, advocate, like prevention advocates to, you know, mental health uh, therapists and all different types of people. Um, I'm happy that we can do that. But it's a lot. I know, you know, it's a lot.
0: (laughs) It's a lot of work. Absolutely. But it's necessary work. Right. Because, uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. Unless you live in very specific neighborhoods of Chicago, um, you don't get coverage. You don't. Unless something bad happens and you're like, what the hell, right? Mm-hmm. We don't get to tell good successful success stories. We don't get to talk about uh, mental health and other things. And right. um, so these podcasts and what you're doing, I think is very honorable and definitely necessary. So that's, that's awesome. Applaud to, to you and your sister. That's amazing. Oh, um, man, you. Talk about you know you were Puerto Rican and mm-hmm. talked about your mom and your grandparents and your aunt. Mm-hmm. Um, how important it is? Uh, how important is identity and culture to you as an artist and just as a human who was born and raised in Humboldt Park? I mean, you still live there, but how important is identity?
1: Yeah, it it is important. It's I guess it's an interesting. <laughs> Yeah, it's an interesting concept, um, but I think that it does really inform a lot uh, of who you are and, and how you're able to to create. Um, I think that, I mean, I honestly think like having, having more obstacles even or like challenges or hardships probably makes you a better creator. Um, but yeah, Puerto Rico is a really tiny island and... Yeah. I think that we actually have we have a lot of influence in culture. Puerto Rican people are very proud. I'm sure you know they're like always out there like waving the flags everywhere they go. Um, They're very extra, but um, yeah, it's it's a it's a beautiful beautiful place to to come from. Uh, And um, yeah, my my mom's side of the family is is Puerto Rican, and my dad was actually born in Spain. Um, He he was adopted. And brought over mm. to America. He also has a twin sister. Um, oh, okay. Him and his there twin you sister. Go. There's
0: that gene. Yep.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's on both sides. Um, twins. Wow. That's cool. But yeah, uh, identity and culture definitely like influences. Yeah, a lot of the the work that I do. um, Yeah, with the podcast, with like my own like creative projects. I am always um, looking at things through. Yeah, the, the lens of, of women and culture and, and what that means even now working for Nike and, and working on women's footwear and, um, you know, just bringing that lens of what what do people for our communities need? Like, what are we looking for? What is empowering to to us and what what choices do, do we need and deserve? Um, yeah. Clothing. I mean, yeah, clothing, with footwear is really um important. I am very intentional with with the the things that I wear and it has big impact on on the way that I feel. So so I try to to bring that lens, you know, because everybody's coming from a different place. Um yeah. Does that make sense?
0: Absolutely. What kind of advice would you give someone who might not be as confident and might might have some type of like identity crisis because you said that and I think you're absolutely right I think we're very selective in what we wear right because mm-hmm. that says a lot about who we are and mm-hmm. our you know our, our identity um the shoes that we put on the colors that we wear the way that we mm-hmm. make our hair the accessories that we wear etc whatever we put you know um yeah. glasses whatever everything that's why there's like a million choices for glasses or watches because everyone is trying to find their unique Mm -hmm. uh you know self so what kind of advice would you give someone who might be like you know not as confident in trying to trying to fit or or trying to find their identity yeah
1: their identity through like like through uh like basically fashion art their clothing specifically Yeah. Um, it, it can be difficult definitely. And I mean, I I think about this often just even with like designer clothes. Um, like, I don't know, I don't personally own like that, that much like, uh, like designer items. Um, and I don't think that that's necessary. I think that some people think like, Oh, I'm wearing like designer head to toe, so I must look good. And it's like, that's not true. I could be wearing an outfit like that's completely thrifted and like, have you know, more like style and character to, to it. And it can say a a lot more about you. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I didn't realize like, honestly, until like the last, like almost like two years, maybe even how, how um, much I identified with my, my clothes. I think that it was something that came like very like intuitively to me. Um, and then, like, more recently, I realized, like, oh, not everyone does this. Like, not everyone, like, <laughs> pulls a fit every day. Um, it, and they don't know how. Um, yeah. And I'm like, oh, man, I do realize that this is definitely, like, a skill that I have. Oh, good. Like, i got just <laughs> walked in. Um, but, I mean, I don't think that you need to, like, do something but like yeah. you don't need to be sometimes I wear all pink outfits, like all just yeah. heads so pink, but I don't think that everyone needs to be like that extra to be like expressing themselves um yeah. I think that a safe like bet is just like I've been really into neutral colors, like even even that like man, I don't know, is this good advice um <laughs> uh. <laughs> How do you start? I don't know. I guess yeah, it's hard yeah, to even okay. say it because it's, I felt like it was something that's like new, that came very like naturally to me. But I did work in retail growing yeah. up.
0: So I know that before the pandemic, obviously, we were all going outside, going places and very active. And then the pandemic hit and we kind of hunkered down and it changed a lot because you didn't necessarily have to put so much effort in dressing up or, mm-hmm. you know, flexing right like going out and yeah. be like I'm, I'm gonna look fucking bum um and i know that i became like i started dressing like so bummish like, <laughs> like i'm like okay if i gotta go to like the store like let's say i gotta make an errand to target or something i'm gonna look mm-hmm. like a bum but i want to look like a cool bum like i don't want to <laughs> like look like someone's gonna offer me money um <laughs> so like you know like i wear a lot of blacks a lot of like earth tone colors yeah. um, but i want some patterns on them you know i want like mm-hmm. really cool things that, I'm like oh yeah that's that's kind of cool and it's also a little you know a little um discreet um for example um for a long time i had a lot of friends that were like dude you gotta buy crocs because they're so comfortable you can wear mm-hmm. them my home and then you can just go out and i'm like but they look so generic crocs yeah. look so generic they're just like eh, you know um Crocs are interesting. They blew up. Yeah, and then Saliki dropped this croc most recently right. and yeah. then I was like, okay. Now we got some Crocs that are acceptable if you want to look a little bumish but also kind of cool. Like Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like a little trendy <laughs> but still for, like for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then you know, obviously like the there's a lot of like slides that do that as well like they look they they play a very like um you know, uh they're they're very um quiet and they're aesthetic but also very stylish. Um yeah. But yeah, it's interesting. The reason why I asked, you know, it's a lot of um you know, I think identity crisis is something that we go through.
1: Oh, for sure.
0: Especially when you're like twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, transitioning into high school. Yeah. You're caught in the middle. Right, you're like mm-hmm. okay. I'm no longer a kid, mm-hmm. and how do I tell my parents that I need money to go
1: shopping? <laughs> oh, oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. it is it, hard. Like it's very yeah. uh, so much pressure, especially at that time.
0: Um, mm-hmm. Everyone, yeah, wants to, Jordans. Like, up. Everyone, I mean, and right now, thrifting is like the most awesome thing to do as well.
1: Yeah. Uh man, Gen Z it's really like now. It's it's so much harder to go thrifting because it's like so many people do it now. It's like the and cool thing. Like, yeah, it's really picked over. You gotta know like the good the good spots. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think one thing that I've been applying uh recently, even to like the the things that I that I buy, it, I, maybe this is like corny because it's like it comes from like Marie Kondo. Do you know you know who I'm talking about? Marie Kondo. She, she um has like a show on Netflix. She has like a whole philosophy to cleaning and like organizing hmm. things. I wait. I love Marie Kondo. Actually, She's used to this in the show, but um, she she applies this to to. Cl- she has a whole like philosophy of how she she approaches clothes to to keep, mm-hmm. and it's really simple. Maybe you've seen it on Instagram, but it's like, does this item spark joy? Like when you look at it, like does it make you?
0: Con Marie method.
1: Yep, Con Marie method. That's her method. Yeah, her name is Marie Kondo. But yeah, like when you look at something, it's like, does it, does it spark joy? Does it make you happy? Or are you just like, eh, this is fine. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. I think that's a good way to look at it. I I think also this is fine. Has, there has to be a level of confidence for you to be like, yeah, this is, this is nice. Like you don't have to, you know, really, you know, be a, uh, you know, a sparkling ball when you go out and get all the attention.
1: No, but yeah, it doesn't make you feel like comfortable. do you exactly. feel like confident like yeah i won't I won't leave my house if i like um if I don't like what I'm wearing, like I'll feel so uncomfortable um, yeah. but yeah, that doesn't mean that you have to be like fitted and dripping, but like yeah do you feel <laughs> do you feel comfortable
0: for sure absolutely um that's that's really funny um, so you are a color designer at Nike, yeah, and um I mean, that is a lot of people's dreams to work at Nike, mm-hmm. to work, you know, uh, Nike right now is in there in, in the intersection of just, I mean, everything that's going on, uh, uh design drives culture, culture drives design. Mm-hmm. Nike is there, like they're at the forefront of trends and they have so many teams. Um, I have, yes. I don't know, maybe five dozen friends that work at Nike and they all yeah. do different things. Crazy different, um, yeah. And uh, just amazing that, that, I mean, was it, how did this happen? You know?
1: For sure. Yeah. I mean, I would like to start by saying uh, like the typical like caveat. I'm like, I don't represent my employer. These are of like my that. own yeah. my this own views, yeah. and um, yeah, I'm like speaking as, as yeah myself and as my views as an, an independent artist and and creator, and um, yeah, I uh, I'm a, a few months in. I'm super new. I started in October, and yeah, it, it is pretty crazy because some there's a lot of people out there that go to school and like build their whole portfolios to like, just with their goal of wanting to work, work with Nike. Um, I wouldn't say that that was me. Like it wasn't like a direct like goal or something that I was working towards. Um, yeah, so it's, it's interesting to be, to be in this, in this space. And I was actually up for, um, a, a different role i was in consideration for the serena williams design crew i don't know if you're familiar with that um yep. our friend our friend larry that we mentioned yep. he he was he was in it um yeah so i was up um and being considered being considered for for that and uh, i ultimately like didn't make the final cut it was like literally the last like it was a super intense process and then i got to like the last round it was like 15. Of us, and then they picked eleven, so I, I didn't get it, which is fine. Um, it it happens, and yeah, basically from from that, I think that they kind of like kept my portfolio on hand and um, recommended me for for the position that I have now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was dope. They they reached out to me. Um, I didn't go through like a formal application process, um, and yeah, I'm just I'm just really. I'm grateful to be where I'm at and like I'm still in the beginning process, but to think that work that I am touching uh, will be worn by like, you know, mm-hmm. how, who knows how many people all around the world. That's insane. Global. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's that's, awesome. ins- that's insane. And, you know, yeah, I can't talk uh, about too much, but right. I'm working on, yeah, some, some, st- Like, you know, I get to work, I'm working on some projects for like athletes, like crazy athletes. Like I find like female athletes, I find so like so inspiring and um, yeah, it really is, is a super privileged people. Um, You know, kids that come from, from like my, my neighborhood and my community, like they don't get opportunities like this. So um, yeah, I have to like, yeah, I I am very grateful.
0: That's awesome. What um, so what what you do at work, what kind of skill sets are required as far as like, so uh, I guess to give you some context, um, some of my friends who work at Nike are footwear designers for the running team, for the kids team, for the Jordan brand. And so they went specifically to design school or they went to pencil, which is, you know, this program where they sharpened up their skills in sketching, uh, digital sketching, rendering, you know, so a lot of technical skills. Um, you know, things like that. And so uh, you're a color designer there. What are some things, you know, so for those who are listening and my, my, you know, dream that one, one day in the future, they work at Nike, right? Um, What are some things they should brush up on or look into if they are ever interested in working in kind of the position that you're in?
1: yeah i'm like yeah want to be careful i'm like i I don't uh, say anything i'm not supposed to but i literally just right now as you were talking i just like googled like nike like like color designer and so Mm. this is like on there like public like careers website Um, so that's yeah it's uh, public (laughs) public information um but yeah just even here it says as a nike color designer you will be tasked with elevating the nike product experience with a focus on both the art and science of color this will require driving color excellence through connection of design development and manufacturing you'll you will drive an emotional connection to color for the consumer through the use of narrative and storytelling um there's Ooh. more on there but i think that that actually is like yeah, a really good that's um, actually really good just like intro yeah. into to our, uh, what i have been doing yeah it's very very narrative based, um, very like storytelling, um, very, very intentional. Um, we're not, you know, they don't just, they don't just pick colors and be like, this looks cool together. (laughs) Um, it's, it's, it's a lot that, that goes into it. And yeah, I think it's a really, really cool place to be, especially with, you know, the work that I'm already doing with, with my podcast and things like that. Mm -hmm. That is all like storytelling and Um, telling women's stories and now i get it's like almost an extension of that i get to like tell stories for women in like a design way or like bringing that insight into the the design and how uh yeah color can can influence um emotions yeah Mm -hmm. i love
0: that because that is something that you don't necessarily learn in high school or even in college like how do you tell a good story or become a good storyteller or how do you focus on narrative um, especially uh, us you know kind of designers of color minorities who who are born and raised with stories right like how many times do our parents grandparents tell us um, uh, generations of, of stories and to keep us entertained when we we're kids or uh, you know um, it's like part of who we are but we're so bad at telling stories right yeah um, yeah and story story is powerful it inspires people right i i i teach story to my students um the way that i do it is i actually have a small collection of videos and they're usually like you know 30 second to 1 minute commercials that a lot of these brands have like nike apple uh, a lot of these commercials, um, you know, like you think of the Super Bowl, right? In the Super Bowl, everyone knows about the Super Bowl. Is this huge, dumb football game that happens. But these brands spend millions of dollars for 30 seconds of airtime to, to give you a very powerful message in those 30 seconds. Yeah, And they they do it, they do it through story, obviously visuals, graphics, you know, their sounds and music. Um, and uh, it's either going to be funny or it's going to be like very serious or somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's how I train students to think about storytelling and how totally. they can achieve that.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. Being able to like tell an emotive story, I think is is almost more important than having all these hard technical skills. Because if you like have like skills and like know how to do something, but you don't know how to like move uh, someone or, or like be authentic um, or reach people, then it's not gonna, it's not gonna be, it's not gonna go like as deep because people, people can tell if you're just making something and it's like empty. Um, But if you're making something and you're making it with like, love and passion like people will will see that for sure um yeah i think that there's a lot of people at a lot of these companies that just like you know you can tell they just went and got a fancy degree somewhere you know and and they're sitting in where they are um yeah because they got this like education that is supposed to be um and i i like to think that a lot of these companies are, are um, realizing that that's like not it. And they need people from like, you know, from our communities that have different perspectives. Um, you know, yeah, I got a college degree. Was it at like the fanciest like school? Like, no, but, um, I have all of these other like lived experiences that really can, can contribute a lot as well. Um, and yeah, I think that, that, that is important. I think if you're, if you're really like passionate at something then then people will see that.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of companies are starting to realize that that degrees and all that stuff is really not necessary, and it doesn't define that person. Mm-hmm. Whether you have it or not, you're not defined by where you went to school because mm-hmm. um, you can go to Harvard and not and be really stupid, right? Yeah. It, the, uh-huh. the degree doesn't, you know, it doesn't um, represent the level of, of your intelligence. Um, at all, it actually discriminates, right? Mm -hmm. It actually um, misleads. If you have a Harvard degree, maybe 30 years ago, Mm -hmm. there was a conception of, oh, you must be smart, come work here. And Mm -hmm. it's already an uh, unfair advantage to those who didn't have the means to go to Harvard or whatever. So I think a lot of, I know that a lot of companies who are hiring now don't even ask for a degree. They look at like what you're you're doing, how you're doing it, you know, what's Mm -hmm. your impact, stuff like that yeah so i think that's important definitely yeah um would love to uh you know in retrospect now that you're kind of doing some cool stuff you know here at nike and uh obviously you had mentioned that you're working from home right Mm -hmm. Uh, as of right now Mm -hmm. um you know for those who are listening we, we get you know uh, a lot of younger designers are li- listen to our podcasts we 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 do do a lot of high school outreach so we go we we collaborate with a lot of cps schools um to talk about design um and make sure that they know that design is a career path um amazing if if some of these younger designers are listening um what's what's a piece of advice you 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 you'd give them um mm-hmm as as they're going through their education and being curious and trying to figure things out.
1: A piece of advice. One, if they're in Chicago, they should check out those art programs that I mentioned. There you go. Um, they're, they're all amazing. And two, I'm like, I, I have been thinking about this in, in general for myself. Like, Oh, how did I get here? How did I make this happen for myself? Like cause I really did create this art career, uh, yeah from scratch for myself. And, um, uh, yeah, I'm proud of that, but yeah. I'm like how, and I, I really honestly attribute as much as we can talk about like design and hard skills and things like that. Really important. I think that like building community is probably like one of the most important things you could call it networking too, if, if you want, Mm -hmm. but yeah, really like putting yourself out there and like meeting people and, um, being authentic and being, being curious and surrounding yourself with people that inspire you, people that like, if you're interested in creative things, like hang out with people that are doing creative things too. You know, um, I, I think that, that that's really important. Um, you could be really talented artist, but not know how to, network or socialize or market yourself and unfortunately you're not going to go as far as someone who might not be as talented but like knows how to work the room um and yep. that, it's it's unfortunate that. but <laughs> but it's a it's a part of the game that you got to yeah. play and mm-hmm. um yeah i say put yourself out there meet people and be kind like yeah. you're not going to get anywhere by like being like closed off and like mm-hmm. they're like stuck up or things like that just
0: be kind that's some very good advice. Um, yeah, that's unfortunate. So. <laughs> it's it is unfortunate how that works where I, I know a couple of people that are very talented but are really bad at, you know, showcasing that and really promoting themselves. Mm-hmm. And then I know people who are aren't as talented and they got the loudest voice in the room and I'm just like it's messed up. <laughs> but it's
1: unfortunate. But if you is, can find like some type no. of balance yeah. Or, like, find someone else to do it for you. If you don't have those strong social skills, maybe, like, mm-hmm. part, like collaborate or work with someone that, that does. I don't know.
0: I don't know if that's yeah. helpful. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> um, you know, I would also love to hear... Um, you know about uh, your parents are they pretty proud of what you what you've accomplished so far um going to columbia working at the states you know office and then kind of <laughs> diving into all this other stuff mca virtual ablo you know mm-hmm. kind of doing some uh set design work um mm-hmm. for musicians and um kind of just putting yourself out there because art takes you in so many directions and, and sometimes it's hard to, even planned it out right
1: yeah yeah um i would say that they are i i i think so i think so now i think that it did take take a while for them to like kind of understand like what i was doing or what i was trying to do and they would be like i used Oh, you're working on a project. That's cool. Like, are you getting paid? Like, you know what I mean? Um, I no. think that, I think that it it took a while for them, but they were kind of just like, you know, do 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 your thing. I guess as long as you're eating. Um, right. And, and now I think that yeah, they really see a lot of the um the work that I put in um, paying off, and, and yeah, I would say that they. are they're happy for me, but you know, there's there's so much more to do, and mm-hmm. um, I don't know. Like, yeah, through, I'm grateful to be where I'm at, and this is this is an amazing opportunity. But um, you know, is it is it the end like goal for for me or for other people, or should it be? You know, like uh, I don't know if that's that's not everyone's goal to go work for like a corporation, right. and that's cool if that's not not what you want to do um, either. I don't I don't know what uh, the future has in store, but I'm sure just want to keep keep creating yeah
0: Yeah. absolutely um you know i I know you just said you don't know what the future has in store uh but is there something that you'd want to do is there like a bucket list of things Mm -hmm. maybe a brand you'd like to work at or maybe Mm -hmm. travel to somewhere that you haven't traveled yet is there something that you're really eager, eager to accomplish
1: oh yeah for sure there's so much um traveling i really want to go to japan i haven't been yet japan is like super up there on my list um but yeah i mean just even like a small like goal i i want to make more furniture this year i want to like work on a a collection of like like furniture and and custom mirrors um so that's like something i've been ideating on on a lot but um yeah there's there's a lot that i want to do um for myself, I hope, I hope that our, my podcast, um, keeps growing and, and we can keep telling important stories and, um, what, what else, you know, I just, I'm literally grateful to support myself as an artist and to have freedom and (laughs) like, you know, travel when I want to and and do what I want to do. I'm, I'm, I'm just grateful. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. awesome. Fantastic. Um, One more question to wrap up our conversation, and we can kind of leave it at that. And this question is pretty big, um, Mm -hmm. in the sense that you might have to think about it, or you might not have an answer for it. Um, But the question is, you know, uh, what legacy do you want to leave behind? Or what do you want to be known for?
1: Oh. Um, yeah, that is a a big question. Um, I think that I, I just, you know, everyone has to do their part. Um, you know, we talk about like, you know, social justice and things like that. I, I, I want to, I have to try and think that we can live in a better world. Um, and that things can, can be better and, Um, you know, not one person is going to, going to solve that, but, um, just like doing, doing my part to, to support myself and my community and what I can for, for those around me. Um, yeah, I don't know. Does that, that answer your question? I I just like, (laughs) I think that the world would be better if everybody was just working on like just a small thing that they could Mm -hmm. do to like contribute to, to, to to the community. I don't know.
0: Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I think think we look at the world and all the problems that we have and we're like, oh, how do I solve that? How do I come up with solutions for world hunger, homelessness? And those are gigantic problems, but we never think of how can I make maybe a small contribution? And if all of us make these small contributions, then we would be in a better place.
1: Yeah, I mean i worked on like an affordable housing project in in my community that um we fought like a developer and got them to make their building like 50 affordable housing units that's like one example nice. you know like just yeah exactly something in my community and like if i could say i did that then like yep. you know i'm happy but it's never enough and, and just yeah. want to keep doing what we
0: can That's awesome. Well, Sam, thank you so much for being on Context. Uh, It's a pleasure. And uh, we're super happy for all your success. And obviously, this is probably just the beginning. So we're very excited to see Uh your growth and see where this goes. And, um, you know, hopefully, if you're back in Chicago, uh, we get to meet in person. So thank you so much for being on Context.
1: Yeah, thank you so much. Happy to be here. (laughs)
0: It's our pleasure. Um, thank you for joining us today. Let's continue this conversation on our social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Discord. You can find us at Context with Advanced Design on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Context is produced by Advanced Design with editing and production by Bitual Benitez and music by Shide from Pixabay.